This podcast is a presentation of University of California Television. Like what you hear? Consider making a donation at uctv.tv slash donate so we can continue to bring you more great programs. The symptoms, and this is a great video showing exactly kind of what happens. Um, So it's a little gross, so divert your eyes if you feel a little grossed out. But you can see here that this thumb, when when this patient bends the thumb, it kind of gets stuck and he has to almost force his thumb to get it straight. And in this patient, it's her middle finger. And you can see that as she bends it, it kind of clicks and gets popped and stuck in place. And then when she extends her finger, it kind of jolts back, jolts to be straight again. And so often what patients complain about is pain over the A1 pulley, which in your hand itself is located kind of in this area here. They usually have pain right here. Sometimes, because the the tendon gets so swollen, you can actually have a nodule in the tendon or swelling in the tendon, and you can feel a bump in this area as well. We saw the catching of the finger within the video. And what is the worst case scenario when you have a trigger finger is that the finger can actually remain in a locked position. So oftentimes patients will come in and say, I wake up in the morning and my finger's stuck in a fist and I can't get it straight. I have to use my other hand to straighten my finger. And that can be very painful and very uncomfortable as you can imagine. And then the larger issue that we see in patients with this is that they can have stiffness of their proximal interphalangeal joint. And so what that means is this joint here can become stiff and can become so stiff that you actually can't straighten the finger all the way. And that can be a big problem as well. So when you come and see us in the office, what we do is we do a history and we do a physical exam. We ask you how long this has been going on, what types of treatments you have done um, to help with these symptoms or this pain or this this discomfort. Um, And we also always, most often get x-rays. And the reason why we get x-rays is to look for any underlying pathology that could be causing this issue or could be secondary to this issue. And so that's something that we usually get in the office. Just like with anything in orthopedic surgery, the first mode of treatment is rest and anti-inflammatories. Rest is really helpful, especially to avoiding, in avoiding activities that cause the triggering or make the triggering worse. And anti-inflammatories can sometimes be very helpful, especially anti-inflammatories like Tylenol or Advil or even Voltaren gel um, can be helpful to help with the localized pain over that A1 pulley. Lastly, um, splinting is something that some patients find very beneficial and up to 70% of patients can see improvement in their trigger finger if they do splinting, especially at night. The reason is we all sleep like we did when we were babies. So we sleep with our hands curled up, our wrist bent and our elbows bent into our chests. And what happens when that happens is you can get locking of that finger and therefore it can be very painful and stiff in the morning. So sometimes I recommend that patients wear a splint at night to kind of help prevent this locking of the finger and that can help rest the tendon as well. As hand surgeons, we work very closely with hand therapists within the community to help treat our patients. We need them for almost everything that we do. And hand therapy can be very, very helpful, especially in trigger fingers, working on tendon glide exercises, working on desensitization, um, decreased swelling, decreased edema, and also just helping 
patients realize what bothers them, what causes worsening of their trigger fingers and how to avoid those activities. The more invasive types of treatments that we do for patients with trigger fingers are steroid injections to start. A steroid injection, if you haven't had one, is a mixture of numbing medicine, which is the same thing that you get at the dentist, it's called lidocaine, and it's mixed with a steroid. And what the steroid does is it acts as a anti-inflammatory agent to decrease the swelling and the inflammation that is occurring within the tendon sheath and the tendon itself. And when I do these injections, we always talk about risks and benefits. The major risk is that some patients have what's called a flare reaction, where they actually have kind of a hyper-inflammatory response to the steroid because it's such a, a small space and it's a large amount of fluid for that small space. So some patients will be really upset with me the first couple of days, and then over time, it continues to get better. And usually the steroid injection starts working within about a week. What they've shown in the literature is that injections can be very effective, especially the first injection in 60 to 90% of patients. Recurrence of trigger fingers is higher in patients who are diabetic, who have underlying medical conditions that can be risk factors for trigger fingers. And it's also higher in patients who have needed multiple injections. The first injection is usually the most effective and the subsequent injections are less effective. So I rarely recommend more than two injections unless your last injection was years ago and you had recurrence years later. The other and obviously most invasive option is to do a surgery where we actually release that pulley or the tendon sheath overlying that swollen tendon. And so this is a great depiction of what we actually do inside the surgery. It's a small outpatient procedure. It can be done under local anesthesia only where you only need um, a little injection and you're totally awake the whole procedure. It's done in the operating room most often. And we make a small incision in the skin and we go down to the tendon sheath and we make a small cut longitudinally in line with the tendon. So you can see here on the left, the tendon sheath is red and inflamed. That's what they're depicting. And then here you can say there's a cut. And what that does is it basically opens the tunnel and allows that big truck to pass through. So it's a very effective surgery. The nice thing about having the patient awake during surgery is we can actually have you bend your fingers and that way we can check if you're still triggering, if you're still feeling that, that clunking, that triggering, that catching motion. Um, and that's very helpful. After surgery, you're usually in a soft dressing. You go home the same day. The pain is quite minimal, um, but there are risks anytime we do surgery. So it is a procedure, but it's something that is definitely considered, especially if you failed non-operative management and failed multiple injections or have recurrence of your symptoms. So this is another picture showing that flexor tendon, which again, allows you to bend your fingers and make a fist. And that tendon travels through this tunnel or this tendon sheath. And the particular tendon, part of the tendon sheath that is most important and most affected within trigger fingers is what's called the A1 pulley. That's just what we call it. That's the name for the part of the tendon sheath that's affected. Flexor tendons glide through this tendon sheath. And when we have trigger fingers or patients complain of trigger fingers, what happens is that the A1 pulley or the tendon sheath becomes thickened and inflamed. And that can cause it to be more difficult to let that tendon pass through and glide through freely. And over time, as this pulley or this tendon sheath gets really inflamed and swollen, you can imagine that the tendon doesn't like that and gets more pressure applied to it. And the tendon can also become thickened and inflamed. So what I like to use as an analogy for this is it's kind of like a really big truck trying to get through a really small tunnel. 
And you can see here, if the truck is the tendon and the tunnel is the pulley system or the tendon sheath, if, this is really, if the tendon is really swollen or the truck is really big, it makes it much harder to get through that tunnel and through that, that system. And so this is what happens with trigger fingers. Why this happens, we're not exactly sure. Um, there are a lot of different theories, but nobody has the exact answer. There are certain medical conditions that increase your risk, and these include diabetes and rheumatoid arthritis. Others believe that repetitive trauma or repetitive forceful hand activities may lead to trigger fingers. Often patients will present and say, oh, you know, I hit my hand and then I developed some pain and swelling at the base of my finger, and now it's catching and locking and popping. But we don't know exactly why this happens. We do know that it does affect women more often, and it's a very frequent thing. It happens in about two to 3% of just everybody in the world. And in diabetics, it happens in even more, about 10 to 20% of diabetics will have a trigger finger in their lifetime. So it's very common in that patient population. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.com.